Hello and welcome to Healthy Mind, Healthy Life with your host Avik. This podcast is all about exploring the latest research, sharing personal stories and providing personal tips for improving our mental health and well-being. Each episodes will be joined by experts in the field of mental health as well as individuals who have experienced the transformative power of a healthy mind firsthand. Together we will dive into a range of topics from managing stress and anxiety to building resilience and cultivating happiness. So, join us on this journey to discover new ways to take care of our minds, bodies and souls and let's work together to create a healthier, happier world one episode at a time. So, let's get started. Hello and welcome to Healthy Mind Healthy Life the podcast that is dedicated to exploring the profound connection between our mental well-being and our overall quality of life. I'm your host Avik and I'm thrilled to have a very special guest with us today. Joining us is none other than Yogi Aron, one of the most sought after teachers in the world of yoga. Yogi is trailblazing a new path challenging traditional beliefs and about stretching and flexibility his unique perspectives on these subjects have propelled him to the forefront of yoga community as he strives to help people live pain free lives while embracing the true intentions of yoga So Yogi Aran is the creator of the groundbreaking approach of yoga called Applied Yoga Anatomy plus muscle activation which is Ayama. So through this innovative methodology he has transformed countless lives guiding individuals to unlock their body's potential and find freedom from pain. So as the co-owner of the esteemed Blue Oasis Yoga Retreat and Spa in Costa Rica, Yogi Aaron leads the Yogi Club Yoga Teacher Training Immersions, attracting students from around the globe. He is a multi-talented individual, that's for sure, no doubt, extending his influence beyond the mat. he hosts his own yoga podcast titled stop stretching where he shares his wisdom and insights with a wide audience so he has also authored two books autobiography of a naked yoga and his latest release stop stretching a new yogic approach to master your body plus leave pain free so his journey as a captivating like as his teachings so from starting the global movement of men's naked yoga in the new york city to enduring a life altering accident in the sacred himalayas as he has consistently demonstrated his resilience and determination so today he embarks on a mission to empower individuals to live pain free lives drawing from his own healing journey and his deep connection with yoga so get ready to be inspired as we dive into yogi's 
transformative experiences, <laughs> his innovative yogic approach, and the profound impact it can have on our physical and mental well-being. So stay tuned for an enlightening conversation filled with wisdom, laughter, and the power to transform your perspective on yoga, stretching, and living a pain-free life. So welcome, Yogi, to the show, Healthy Mind and Healthy Life. Thank you so much. And thank you for that very beautiful introduction. That was very kind. <laughs> Absolutely. So like, I'm, I'm really like, like me, I believe all my listeners are also so much excited to learn more about your innovative approach to yoga and how it's revelation the flexibility. So with this, uh, can you, can you, before we deep dive into this topic, like, can you share with us what inspired you to challenge traditional perspectives on flexibility and stretching? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, so I've been doing yoga. I'm 51 years old right now. I've been doing yoga more or less since I was 18 years old and, uh, doing yoga. One of the very first things that didn't hurt myself during yoga was when I was out of my life. But the thing that changed was that I was doing yoga. And when, when I say yoga, when I was doing yoga, what I should really say was that I was stretching because, you know, I needed to stretch. I needed to, my muscles were really tight. And um, so I started doing yoga really to stretch. So for me, like when I say yoga at that time period, it really means stretching. And I was doing something in my life and then my back completely uh, cramped up. It seized up and I ended up with a lot of back pain and couldn't barely walk for like a week. And the solution was to do more yoga, to do more stretching, you know, and I would go to yoga teachers and I would say, well, my back is that great or and they would say, we need to stretch your hamstrings. We need to stretch your back. And so I did. And my problems got worse and worse and worse. Um, you know, I've been to the Himalayas so many times, um, but I've also ended up with debilitating uh, knee pain. And so that also got worse over time as well. And so... I ended up in a surgeon, a doctor's office, a surgeon's office when I was around 45. And he told me that I might need a spinal fusion in my lower back. And that was like a big wake up moment uh, for me. Um, I had been dealing with chronic pain most of my life that wasn't getting better because of all the stretching. It was actually getting worse. And at that moment was kind of like a big light bulb moment. There was a few light bulb moments for me, but that was one of them. And I just realized there must be another way. There must be another path. And I realized something as well, that so many people get so obsessed with the yoga postures and, and seeing these people doing these incredible postures. Um, but that's not yoga, you know, that's just making a posture and it's not really, that's not really yoga. Um, and so we've forgotten why we're doing these postures. What is, what is the purpose of a yoga posture? 
we've forgotten that purpose. And we, and if you ask most yoga teachers and I'm not, I'm not being making a joke, although it is funny. Well, maybe it's not funny, but if you ask most yoga teachers, like more than 99% of yoga teachers in America, (laughs) maybe India as well, don't know why we do yoga postures. And they say, well, it makes you feel good. Well, a lot of things make you feel good. Smoking marijuana makes you feel good. Drinking wine makes you feel good. Eating chocolate feels good. So just because you can, something makes you feel good doesn't necessarily mean you should do it. <laughs> so like, what is it about the posture that, that makes you like, why do we do asana? And they can't tell you. Most, you know, most yoga teachers don't know why. So but that's kind of what I realized in that moment. It, I started to make it my mission to, A, understand the body, understand anatomy. This is a very common phrase in America. Not Maybe I don't know in India, but, but we have to open our hips and we need to have open hips. Well, what does that mean? If you, if you have open hips, you've got dislocated hips and you need surgery. So <laughs> it's like, I don't think we need yoga people to have open hips. We actually need to have stronger hips. And, um, but then if you ask most yoga teachers, well, why should you open the hips again? Again, they'll say, well, it makes you feel better. Or, and then you say, well, what muscles attach to the hips? And they won't tell you. They can't tell you. They don't know. Um, and so I made it my mission to understand the body and then teach people about the body in a fun way that's accessible, but also empowering others to live pain-free, to become pain-free through these practices. Because we don't have to be in pain and uh, we can fix our bodies. <laughs> wow, that's so that's so lovely. Like, um, yeah, it's like uh, there are a lot of things like which um, maybe definitely uh, people are not aware of. And uh, I wish like people definitely going to uh, love the show because they're getting to know a lot of new things as well. So, yeah, that's 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 really awesome. And so also, like, um, I was I was reading you uh, about uh, uh, you and about your uh, videos about bio. So your applied yoga anatomy plus the IMA. Uh, yes. Method has uh, uh, muscle activation. Yeah, muscle activation. Yes. Sorry. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that method has garnered attention for its ability to help individuals uh, achieve a pain-free body. So uh, could you could you break down the key principles or techniques involved, and also if you can but explain like how they contribute to this transformation. <laughs> well, the very first principle of a yama is to stop stretching. And um, so uh, to kind of back up one second, we have to understand like muscles work like in order for a muscle to work, it has to be connected to, for lack of better words right now, the brain. So there's the telephone line between the brain and the muscle so when you're doing anything in life if you go shopping and you pick up your bag of groceries 
you have to use muscles. Well, if those muscles are not connected to the brain, the brain can't send a message to them saying, hey, you've got to work. And so if you pick up that bag of groceries without your muscles working, then you end up using something you should not use, which is why you end up with pain. Like, you know, maybe your grandma or your mother went shopping and they're like, oh, I hurt something today. Well, that's because their muscles are not connecting. The the correct muscles are not connecting. And so a lot of our muscles are not connecting because of stress and trauma and overuse. And so when we stretch, when we stretch a muscle, we're actually causing stress to that muscle. And so when we cause stress to the muscle, the muscle disconnects that telephone line between the brain and the muscle literally cuts. It's like, so we actually leave yoga classes weaker than when we started. And you can see people too, when they're walking around after yoga, you know, they're kind of hunched over, they're sort of limping sometimes. And the reason for that is because their muscles are not working. Their muscles are not, you know, working properly. And um, so what I do, the very first principle of a yama is stop stretching. And then you think, well, how does that happen? Like, because they're all yoga postures. It's the way that we approach the posture. And so the second principle of a yama is to start activating or practice those postures dynamically. So I'll give you two examples. And there's one example like Supta uh, Supta um, uh, Uttita Parangustasana. So when you're lying on your back and you bring your leg up, normally you would grab the leg or you would grab the shin or you would grab the, the foot or you would use a yoga strap to pull the foot towards you. In a yama, the, what we do is we focus, we actually leave the arms down and we use our muscles to bring the leg up. And so in this way, we actually start activating the correct muscles. Um, we start using, so the muscles that are bringing the leg up are all the hip flexors, more specifically the quadriceps, um, the quads, um, the front of the, the front of the leg. And so those muscles start actually working which is good. You want those muscles to actually start activating. And so we do not use our hands to pull the foot in. If we do another pose, like say Parshvottanasana, sometimes referred to as pyramid pose, instead of reaching the hands to the ground and try to pull yourself forward, leave your hands on your hips and only come forward one-third, only come forward 30%. And when you're at 30%, focus on squeezing your core, focus on elongating the spine, focus on engaging the quads of both legs. You know, the I said earlier that most yoga teachers do not understand why we practice asana. In Patanjali's Yoga Sutras, it's very clear why we practice asana. We practice asana to get stable. And he says in Sutra 246, sorry, 248, that when we practice asana correctly, <laughs> that the pairs of opposites no longer influence us. That means that in our mind, we're no longer being pulled by pleasure 
and running away from, from pain, that these two pleasure and pain is no longer affecting us and we become balanced. Well, the gift of asana, the gift of yoga postures is that we become more balanced so that we're not being bothered by emotional about everything in life, you know, and ultimately when that becomes quiet in the mind, uh, we're able to focus on life's bigger purpose. But what most people do is they focus on becoming the posture. They focus on becoming the shape of the pose. And, and when we focus on that intensely, uh, we lose sight of what it is that we're actually doing and our, our ego starts to become more firm, like oh a better sort of thing start activating and then we get into the muscle activation part of it wow well, that's that's really great um, I'm just taking a pause here because I guess the internet connection is uh, not that good. I'm just changing this connection. Yeah. yeah, I guess it's better now. Yeah, it's better right now. It looks, it sounds great. Yeah, yeah that's great. Okay. Great. So, like, it's uh, really fascinating that to hear that uh, you believe stretching can sometimes do more harm than good so could you could you i wouldn't say sometimes i would say all the time all the time any kind any kind of stretching now when i'm saying stretching i'm talking about specifically passive stretching yeah so again passive stretching is like if you're in 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 supta um, uh, and you and you bring your leg up and you grab the leg and you pull the leg towards you, that's passive. If your arms are to the side and you're bringing the leg up, that's dynamic. So some people call that dynamic stretching. I don't like that word dynamic stretching, but you know, it's basically you're just moving the body dynamically. You're using your muscles. There's accountability. Anytime we passively stretch, we're going to cause damage at a neuromuscular level. We're going to cause stress. And that stress shuts down muscles. So, yes, I would say anytime we stretch, it's not good. <laughs> yes. So, so uh, I'm, I'm correcting myself. Like, so yes. like it's, it's, it's but, not good. It will definitely do harm. But, Avik, I just want to add one other thing. And so some people might go, well, how do I know? Hmm. I can test the strength of a muscle before and after a stretch. And so if, if we test the muscle before and it's strong and then we stretch, it will always test weak afterwards. It'll always test weak. And so the question then becomes, do you want to have weak muscles? Um, do you want to have a weak you know, neuromuscular response system. So, yeah, anyways, go ahead, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so I was just, um, like, asking, like, if, if you can um, tell us more about uh, why you hold this perspective, like, um, so you have you have mentioned this, but um, 
like this approach that stretching is uh, really not good so uh, because i have i have uh, heard most of the people that uh, we should do stretching while uh, while going for any uh, session or maybe uh, going for a gym we should do some stretching before yes. starting uh, the exercises or asanas anything so why it called that we need to start with stretching so what is the concept behind it so the concept is that the reason why is because as i was just mentioning earlier when we stretch we lose muscle function so you know like for example one common stretch that you do is hugging your knees to your chest up and asana so a lot of people do that well if you do that stretch it is a stretch you hug the knees to your chest all the muscles in your legs stop working well if they're not working and i'm going to go to the you know if i go and do up and asana and then i go for a run or i go for the treadmill or i do some you know crossfit um maybe some lifts you know well i no longer have the support of the muscles in my legs and i no longer have the support of the muscles in my my abdominals or in my back well if i'm lifting weights i need those muscles to be working so the wrong thing to do is to stretch before you work out because you're going to lose the those muscles you're going to lose those muscles from working and what you should do is do some muscle activation practices to get those muscles actually working better. And so one of the things like people go well I I'm not that flexible. I don't I don't have a lot of range of motion. Like if you ask people to bring their arms up, you know, to the sky, you know, a lot of people can't lift their arms higher than this or maybe here. Very few people can do that. Well, they think, well, I need to stretch my arms. but that's actually not so what we forget is that what moves what moves bones is muscles muscles move bones and so muscles move bones by shortening not by elongating they move muscles they move bones by shortening they need to contract properly if those muscles are not contracting properly the bones don't move So what we consistently find is that if you want to improve range of motion, get the muscles working better. And stretching actually causes the muscles to not work better. It causes the muscles to actually um shut down and not do their job properly. Oh that's that's a great learning I would say. Definitely. <laughs> yes, definitely. It's a it's a good learning I would say. Yes. So also like it's a hard concept of it because it's a hard concept for people to understand because we've been so indoctrinated we've been mm. so um as you said told and so the people saying that we should stretch don't know why they're saying it because they've been told it and they've been told it so I often say that the blind are leading the blinds you know and nobody has really stopped to say is this actually a good idea 
Is stretching actually making us stronger or weaker? Nobody has said, stopped and said, well, what is the purpose of muscle function? What, what are muscles actually supposed to do? And this kind of blows my mind that, you know, nobody really has stopped to kind of, I guess, kind of challenge the system or challenge our way of thinking. And so, you know, a lot of when you read articles online, about, oh, you should stretch. Nobody says exactly what is going on with the stretching. Nobody says, well, this is this is actually why you should stretch. And, and this is biomechanically what's going on. And if, if you look at the biomechanics of stretching, you realize, actually, this is not a good idea. <laughs> when you dig into the anatomy and physiology of it, you realize this is actually kind of not smart. This is not intelligent. So why are we doing this? And, and it just blows my mind that I'm one of the first people to come and say, stop stretching. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So uh, like from this, like also want to understand like uh, transitioning from the traditional stretching practices to a new approach can come with its challenges, definitely. So what are some common misconceptions or obstacles that people may face? And also, like, how can they overcome them when adopting uh, your yoga approach? Well, it's it's kind of, it is a hard process. I, 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 I have a lot of empathy for people as they're going through this because I've seen people go, well, what you're saying is right, Yogi Aaron. And yes, I'm going to activate, but then I turn around and then they're stretching again. And so that habit of, you know, it's very human for us to go to what we know and we feel comfortable in what we know. But as Patanjali, the great sage Patanjali said, we must correct our wrong knowledge. <laughs> we, we must unlearn what we learn incorrectly. Definitely. Yeah, we must unlearn what we've learned. And so, the you know, to support people, I think people just have to slowly give themselves permission to slowly start to adopt it. As I said, when we were meeting before the interview, I have a, a seven day pain free series that usually blows people away. They're completely like, oh my God, um, this really works. And you just start to, you know, get you start to dive into it and then you bring it into your consciousness. And the thing is like, people start to feel better, you know, and um, like, and then we see it working. So for, for example, with me, sometimes when I'm on my computer and I'm sitting a lot and I'm doing a lot of work, my back will start to hurt. And I don't stretch it anymore. I know now that if my back is hurting, it's because my core muscles are not working. My hip flexors are not working. So I actually did two muscle activations. I call them quick hacks to get them working. As soon as I do that, the pain goes away. So part of our journey is to a unlearn what we've learned but we need to also learn new knowledge. We need to learn correct knowledge. We need to learn um, better knowledge about our body. And um, I, you know, part of what motivates me, Avik, is because so many people like me 
have ended up in a surgeon's office saying, you need to have a shoulder replacement. You need to have a knee replacement. You need to have a hip replacement. You need to get spinal fusion. We should not be living like this. This should not be our stories, you know? And so I want to flip the script on these stories. And so part of my passion is to create the resources for people to be able to, um, uh, access this information and, uh, be able to, um, yeah, be able to access this information. Wow. Wow. So your personal journey has, uh, definitely undoubtedly shaped your understanding of pain management and, uh, the pursuit of, of pain free life. So, yes. um, could you also share something or maybe uh, tell us how your, uh, transformative experiences uh, have influenced your teachings uh, in the realm. Uh, sorry, can you ask that question one more time? Yeah, so uh, like uh, definitely there is a change uh, or the good understanding that uh, of you regarding the pain management and uh, the pain-free life. So could you share some experiences that have influenced your teachings? Um. Some experiences. Well, as I mentioned, did you want like more like my physical experiences or my yoga teaching anything, experiences? Anything. Like about, anything. about the pain-free <laughs> life. Yes, about the pain-free life and the pain management you have done. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I think. I mean, there's so many ways to answer that question. I think, um, you know, for I think the biggest one for me was ending up in a surgeon's office. And after practicing yoga for 25 years, realizing that everything I had been learning physio- physically about asana, not not about yoga per se, but has really um, was not right and was actually making my problems worse. And so that kind of made me stop and reexamine everything and kind of really ask the question, you know, or deepen my understanding of that question. Why do we practice asana? What is Patanjali truly teaching us? So Patanjali uses this word, stira sukha, stiram sukha masanam. And he, so stira means stability. It, the, it, well, it also means stillness. You know, how still can we be in the body? The root word stiff means still. But the word together basically says like how stable can we become and for me that word stability is so it means so many things you know it means that ultimately the goal is to become still in body therefore still in mind but in order for us to become still we have to be stable and so for me, that word stability also means the word stira means becoming pain free. How do we lessen pain in the body? How do we because you cannot meditate if you're in pain, you can't meditate and, and be with God if you're, you're if your lower back is killing you. You're just all the time. Your mind is like, my God, my back hurts. <laughs> So we we need to become pain free, and um, and why do we become pain free? Because ultimately the goal is to live our life purpose. You know, in the first four sutras, Patanjali is very clear that we all have purpose, and so the yogic teachings are there for us to 
become more aligned with our purpose. And then as we become more aligned with our purpose, we become more aligned with God. And, um, and we can't do that if we're in pain. We cannot do that if we're unstable. So for me, this word stability, this word stira, really uh, has also taken on this idea of helping people to become pain-free. Because as we become pain-free, our mind is no longer focused on the pain. Our mind is focused on living the purpose of our life and and um, being closer to the divine. Yes, exactly, Joe. Exactly. Um, so, like, before, before we wrap up, like, looking ahead, what are your hopes and aspirations for the future of your uh, new yogic approach? And how do you envision it? its impact the lives yes. of individuals who are seeking to achieve the pain-free body? So I just want to clear up one thing. I wouldn't say, like, the Ayama methodology is more of a physical way of looking at the body. When people ask me what kind of yoga I teach, I teach Hatha yoga. Um, and uh, I use Ayama to achieve Hatha. And so, um, so I just wanted to kind of put that out in the onset. I'm very much a traditional um, yoga person. And my goal with teaching people Ayama and getting people into this systemology is to get people more aligned with what yoga's real intention is. Um, you've heard me quote Patanjali a few times. I'm very much a student of the scriptures. I try to be anyways. <laughs> and I I believe, you know, I think that, that, that the sages left us this beautiful gift that's like a very um, special jewel, a special diamond, if you will. And it, it just radiates so much wealth of knowledge. And when we turn our attention to it, we turn our attention to the best parts of our humanity. Um, and so that's what I, I hope to impart to people uh, with the Yama is reconnecting people to yoga's true intentions and um, and helping them to realize this beautiful gift um, that we've been given. And, um, and then of course, to become pain free. <laughs> exactly. True. So yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a great, uh, great thing I would say. And uh, uh, yes. And it was a lot more informative and a lot more uh, knowledgeable session. I would say this today's episode. And um, that's that's definitely brings us to the end of this enlightening episode, uh, which I am definitely not uh, happy to end it. But yes, uh, because of the uh, time and other thing. Uh, but for sure, definitely uh, would love to would love to connect again on some another topics related to the yoga postures how to relieve pain uh, because um, when when we have uh, yogi around so definitely we can't think of something bad definitely there will be something <laughs> definitely good so with this approach only uh, we, we really have explored the revolutionary approach to flexibility and the pain management uh, with the incredible yogi around 
uh, we, we definitely hope that uh, our listeners and have definitely gained valuable insights and the inspirations to embark on uh, their own journey towards a pain-free body and more fulfilling yoga practice. So yes. also uh, like for the listeners, like always remember that embracing the new yogic approach involves letting go of the traditional stretching dogmas and cultivating mindfulness alignment and the awareness by doing so you can unlock the true potential of your body and the experience the profound mind body connection that yoga offers so we we extend our heartfelt gratitude to yogi aron for sharing his wisdom expertise and the transformative experiences with us today so his his dedication to helping others live pain free lives is truly inspiring and we encourage you to explore his books podcast and the resources available through the yogi club and the blue oasis yoga retreat and spa so thank you for wonderful listeners for joining us on this journey towards a healthier mind and a healthier body so we hope you continue to prioritize your well-being and seek innovative approaches to enhance your lives so be sure to subscribe to our podcast healthy mind and healthy life for future episodes featuring experts and thought leaders who share their wisdom on various aspects of holistic well-being so until next time keep nourishing your mind body and the soul this is your host avik signing off wishing you all a vibrant and pain free journey ahead <laughs> have a great day thank you thank you so much avik